welcome everybody to downtown Harbor Church. If it is your first time here, welcome. My name is John, I'm the lead pastor around here. Happy New Year's, Merry Christmas, belated, all that kind of stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed having no church last week. I did. It was great to spend time with some family and friends. But today we kick off this brand new series called Unfollow. And I got to be honest with you, a lot of people are excited about it. I mean, a lot of people have come up to me and said, I can't wait to hear what we're going to be talking about when it comes to social media. Because here's the thing. Social media is everywhere. It has absolutely overtaken our world. It reaches into every aspect of our lives. And, and even if you're a person that doesn't use social media, you can't get away from it. It's involved in news. It's involved in politics. It's involved in religion. You just can't escape it. And so what we're looking to do over the next three or four weeks is just spend some time talking about social media. How does it impact our lives? How are we supposed to act on it and act with others and all that kind of a thing? So before I kind of jump into today, I want to do something that I haven't, I've only done it one other time. And it was during our sermon series called The More You Know when I was talking about how old Earth might actually be. And I want to give you a disclaimer, okay? Here's a disclaimer for today. Someone will get offended. It's just, it ha it already, I did this once already today, people got offended. It's going to happen. That's not my goal. My goal is to never stand up here and offend people. That's not, that's not fun for me to do. It's not fun to get offended. That is not my goal. Uh, when I was in school up in North Carolina, I went to a nice little church, and there was a, a southern grandmother that sat next to me, and she goes, John, you know, every once in a while, it's good to get your toes stepped on at church. It keeps you honest. And again, I'm not here to step on anybody's toes, but, but here's the deal. We need to talk about a couple of issues that are they're real. And they're a problem in this world, in this country, and in this community. And if you find yourself getting offended by what I say today, if I put anything up and you look at it and you get angry, that's okay. That's your prerogative. But before you email me or text me or, or whatever, I would just say, pause for a second and ask the question, why are you so angry? Because I was talking to Christian, the guy who plays the guitar, and he goes, I think maybe what we might be feeling is actually conviction. That maybe you're, you're, you're hitting on an issue that perhaps we know we struggle with, but we'd rather just get mad at you than admit to it. But we're going to get into that. Let me just touch on a couple of things. Let, let's talk about why is social media good? Because this is not a sermon series made to bash social media. We, we, think, we think social media is great. I love it. I'm on it, okay? It's great because you can connect with family and friends. Very few people are actually from Florida. We're all from different parts of the country, and it's just a great way that we can kind of stay in contact with family and, and see what's going on in their life and see what's going on there. It's great to reconnect with people from college or, or high school and just see what's happening with them. It's good for business. If you have a business, you start up, you know, a Facebook page, and it's a great way to learn about the culture of the company, more about than what you just see at their internet site. It's great for church. I mean, we're on Facebook Live right now. People all across the country can sit and watch what we're doing because they can't be here. There's so many good things about social media. And the best thing, I mean, the reason really that we all use social media is so you can keep tabs on your exes. So you can, you know, you want to see what they look like. What's the old girlfriend from high school look like? She married. Oh, gosh, look at that guy. What a dog. No kids? Kids are a nightmare. But this is really why you're using. We all know this. This is the thing, okay? Why is it bad? Why is social media bad? I mean, it's not. At the end of the day, social media is just technology. There's really nothing wrong with technology. But the problem with social media 
is that it ends up, oh, look at those lights. It ends up bringing out the worst in us. Now, if you're a person in the room that doesn't use social media, because not everybody does, you're probably looking at me and going, well, this is a wasted message for me. I'm, I'm probably not going to show up for the next couple of weeks. But just before you tune out, all we're doing is we're using social media as a vehicle to talk about universal concepts that are impacting all of us. And I can guarantee it, even though you may not be on Facebook or Instagram, we're going to talk about things that you're going to struggle with or that you have family members who are struggling with. So before I introduce today's topic, let me kind of give you an idea as to why we chose today to talk about this topic. Why we chose, what is it, January 7th, the very first Sunday of the new year. The first thing you have to know is that we plan our messages out months in advance. So what we're talking about today is not a reaction to anything we've seen. It was a prediction of what we knew we would see. We knew that over the last 10 days, two weeks, let's call it, we knew that your news feeds would be filled with the same thing. We knew your news feeds would be filled with Christmas gifts and the things that, you know, people got. We knew there'd be pictures of Christmas parties. We knew there'd be Christmas vacation pictures all over the place. We knew there'd be pictures of New Year's Eve parties that you may or may not have been invited to. We knew that because it's the end of the year, everybody would be posting about all the things that they've accomplished in 2018, their year-end recap, so to speak. We knew that because it's 2019 now, your Facebook post would look something like, here's what I'm looking to do in the upcoming year. And we knew that this thing called the Top Nine existed which is a website that takes a look at your Instagram and lets you know what your top nine most popular pictures were. And you can repost that and let the people know that like that picture in the first place, that, hey, here's my most popular pictures. Take a look at them again. See, what we want to talk about today is we want to begin to ask the question. When we're looking at our online presence, when we're looking at what we're doing, we want to begin to ask the question, am I bragging? Not an easy sermon. I was meeting with Christina this week, the girl who sings, and she goes, you know, I cannot remember the last time I was at a church when, when we talked about bragging. She goes, I, I just feel like with social media now, it has just become second nature. It's just what we do. We just put it all out there for everybody to see, everything we're doing, look at this, look at that. She goes, I, I just, I, I don't remember ever hearing a sermon about bragging in quite a long time. So if you're a person who's not on social media, maybe you're saying, you know what, I'm too old, I don't, you know, my grandkids talk about it, but I don't do it. John, can you give me an example of what bragging on social media looks like? Can you kind of clue me in just so I have some ideas? Sure, I'd love to. Glad you asked, okay? So this first example uh, is from a person that you don't know. Different church, far away, okay? My parents used to tell me when they were talking about somebody. Far church, long away. You don't know this person. And, and this person wanted to let his friends and followers know that he was late for lunch. And so he put this picture up. Late for lunch. That, you're laughing, okay? Late for lunch, first of all. Here's the truth. Nobody cares that you're late for lunch other than the person that you are late for lunch with. And yet we feel the need to post everything about our lives and what's going on. Like it's a stream of consciousness, here's what I'm doing. But here's the other thing, just in case you didn't understand that he was late for lunch, he wanted to show you his watch, just indicating the time that he's late for, and I don't have my glasses, but I think it's a Rolex. Oh yeah, it is. 
and it just happens to be perfectly lined up by accident, of course, <laughs> with the Mercedes-Benz steering wheel. What are we, idiots? Okay? You want to you go to this guy, what are we, an idiot? Okay? Here's the deal. There's nothing wrong with Rolex watches. It's a great watch. Nothing wrong with the Mercedes-Benz. Drive one. They're great. But what are you doing? Well, why, 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 why are you doing this? Well, what is the point of this? There's another kind of bragging, which is called humble bragging. And this one's a beauty because this one's kind of like you're fishing for compliments, but you're, you know, you got to make people work for it. And so this girl posts, she goes, I'm wearing a ponytail, rolled out of bed from a nap, meaning she's like disheveled and a mess. I'm at the bar with my guy, and guys are still hitting on me. Like, really? Okay, Ames Lorraine, all right? <laughs> okay, we, we get it, okay? You're hot, we, okay? Not a problem. We understand you've made it abundantly clear. Now, if you're a Christian, you're, you're, you're not out of the woods. Uh, as I was kind of researching this, what's interesting is that I found a, a bunch of Christian blogs and articles talking about how Christians have become guilty of bragging. And in the Christian community, it's deceptive. We, we, it kind of fools us. We don't see it coming because it falls into the category of hashtag blessed. Let's talk about, oh, I'm hashtag blessed. And in this particular article, the title is just, you, you've seen this before. The title is this, from Christianity Today. So grateful for my awesome hubby and life. And the subtext is how to avoid the Christian humble brag. Now, you read this and you go, John, what, what's wrong with being grateful about your life? What's wrong with being grateful about your spouse? Nothing. That's what the article says. The article is saying there is absolutely nothing wrong with understanding that you are blessed. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with loving your husband and loving, loving your wife. But the question they're asking is this. Why aren't you telling God? Why aren't you telling the person sitting next to you on the couch why are you putting it out for everybody to see? So what they're talking about is it comes down to what's your motivation and what's the appropriate audience? And so my goal for today is for us to begin to think about this question. Why am I posting this? Really? Why am I posting this really? What is the true motivation behind why I'm putting up this picture? Why I'm sending out this tweet? Why I'm putting up this post? Why am I doing this really? And I believe this is the question that you'll fight me on the most. I believe this is the question you'll fight yourselves on the most. You go, that's not me. I only do social media for, my, for myself. But if we could begin to look at this question and really answer this question and let it sink in, I think it'll transform your life. And I think it'll transform the way that people actually see you. So when you read psychological blogs about why people brag, what, what, what is the purpose? Why, why are people bragging, either on social media, in real life? What is the purpose behind this? They will say, by and large, whether a person is just cocky, whether they have low self-esteem, whether their life is great, whether life is not great, and they just want people to think it's great, there's a one common theme behind why people brag. It's because they want validation. They want you to look at them and say, hey, you're good. You're smart. You got it all together. I want to be like you. And what's interesting about social media is that bragging has really gotten its wings on social media. Because in real life, whether you're six years old, you don't really go around to people and go, hey, you see my new Apple Watch? Nice, right? See the new shoes I got? Want to know how much they cost? 
Mm, really good. You see the new car that I, I just bought? Isn't this nice? You don't do that unless you're six. You don't routinely go over to your neighbor's house, knock on the door, and go, hey, I got a promotion, okay? But, but with social media, all bets are off. All of a sudden, every single thing we have or we do, we've accomplished, we blast it out there for every single person to see. And, and it's, why? Well, I think it's because we want to be friended. We want to be followed. We want to be liked. We want to be mentioned. If you're not on social media, if you're not a person who gets involved with that, maybe you're a little older. Let me say it in a way that you might understand. We want to be recognized and admired and envied. And that's not easy to hear. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. And, you know, we hear this and, and, and we lie to ourselves. We say, that's not me. That's not, that's not why I do what I do. But the truth is, I think that every single one of us has like a little Lady Gaga in us, right? That song, we live for the applause. That, that's, that's what we want in this life. And the truth is this, and I'm going to uh, steal a lyric here, okay? If we live for people's acceptance, we will die by their rejection. You know what it's like when you put up that picture on Instagram, and it's been there for an hour, and you've got no likes, and you go, what am I, hideous? And you pull it down. You go, what is going on? And you start questioning your own existence. You're laughing because you know that's true, okay? Here's the deal. The reason social media is exploding the reason there's over like 4 billion people or something like that on Facebook is because social media caters to a part of us that has been around since the beginning of time. It zones in on an aspect of our lives that has been a problem since the Garden of Eden. It's pride. It just, it just it latches right onto it. We get sucked right in like a moth to the light. And I just feel like if you begin to ask yourself the question, why am I posting this? Really? I'm afraid that more times than not, the answer is going to be, well, I want people looking at me. I want them seeing what I'm doing. And the problem with pride is that when you start to feed pride, it can never get enough. It, it wants more and more and more. You never get enough likes. You never get enough followers. It just, it can't take enough. Its hunger is insatiable. Now, Jesus knew this about us. Jesus was well aware that this is how humans behave, that we love the spotlight, that we love people looking at us and knowing what we're doing. And so he gave us a couple of tips about how to live a life of what I'll call restraint. Imagine living a life of restraint, okay? So in Matthew, he gives us a couple of tips. He says this, watch out. This is Jesus talking. He goes, watch out, careful, all right? Don't do your good deed publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. He's saying, look, when you post online, he goes, don't do something like this. Don't say, what a humbling experience it was today feeding the homeless. He goes, don't do that. Just go feed the homeless. You're God the Father, he's watching. He knows he will give you a reward for it. You don't need to go telling everybody what you're doing. He continues. He goes, when you give to someone in need, which you should, don't do as the hypocrites do blowing the old trumpets in the synagogue and streets, calling attention to their acts of charity. He goes, you don't, you don't need to check in when you're doing something. You don't need to have a hashtag for everything you're involved with. He goes, but when you give to someone in need, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Keep it that private, he says. Give your gift in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. 
kind of like when you give to a GoFundMe or, or someone like on Facebook now, it says it's my birthday and you, you can give to this particular charity. Give to it. But then when it says you want to post about it, don't do that. Just give to it. God knows. He's happy. He's proud of you. He'll give you the reward. You don't need to tell every single person. This last one's great. He goes, and when you fast, you know, hashtag juice cleanse, all right, don't make it obvious. Because what's the point of a cleanse if you don't tell every single person you know that you're on one, right? Okay, tell, tell me about it. What are you doing? Well, it's all watermelon juice. Really, I'm detoxing the liver. Great. You look fantastic, okay? Here's the deal, all right? Don't make it obvious, he's saying, all right? As the hypocrites do. For they, what does it say? For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. He goes on. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair. Wash your face. Then no one will notice, I love that, that you are fasting, except your Father, who knows what you do in private and will reward you. And you hear this and you go, yeah, but Jesus, if I don't tell people, how are they going to know? How are they going to know how philanthropic I am if I don't tell them? How are they going to know how spiritual I am if I don't let them know? And Jesus is like, that's the point. You don't have to tell every single person, everything about you. Sometimes in this life, you just do some things for God, and you keep it to yourself. He goes, in this life, what you need to understand is that you shouldn't be bragging. Life isn't about you. Life isn't about elevating yourself in the eyes of man, but that's a problem for us because we've got to deal with social media. And social media has become a platform that helps us raise ourselves up in the eyes of man. And every moment, at the push of a button, put a picture up, put a post up. Look at me. Showing others how hashtag blessed we are. And just so you know how blessed I am. Take a look at my life, and my car, and my house, and my stuff, my vacation, my talents, my beauty, my family. Just take a look at all this. Take a gander. Give it a like. Give it a share. And I don't know about you, but my Facebook feed and my Instagram is filled with this. And according to the articles that I read, I think yours is probably too. And the only way that I can describe it is it's, it's gross. And we didn't learn this behavior from Jesus. This was not a pattern of, of behavior that we learned from the Savior. Not at all. Paul, who's a New Testament author, says this in Philippians. He says, in your relationships with one another, he's saying, when you're at church and when you're at work or when you're at school or when you're on Facebook or when you're on Instagram, wherever you are, okay, wherever, wherever you are, have the same mindset, if you would, as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, he goes, by the way, don't forget, he's God, all right, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He goes, you don't see Jesus lifting himself up making everybody feel bad about who they are because he's God. You, you, you just don't see that. He goes, rather, he, meaning Jesus, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in a human likeness. He goes, don't forget that Jesus was God, that Jesus is God, that Jesus left heaven, the riches of heaven, the splendor of heaven, the glory of heaven. He came to this earth, put on this body, and he lowered himself. He went from being rich to being poor. 
He washed people's disgusting feet. He was spat on. He was ridiculed. He was nailed to a cross. He was a servant, humble and low. And yet, at every opportunity we can, we elevate ourselves. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look how good I am. So what do you do then? How, how are you supposed to understand all this? And how do you navigate, you know, wealth or, or success or possessions or, or opportunities? How do you how, what do you do with all this then? Well, I'm going to end by taking a look at John the Baptist. Now, we've talked about John the Baptist a couple of times, nothing in length. We talked about him during the Christmas series because he was involved in that. He had a miraculous birth himself. Um, but here's the thing with John the Baptist. He was wildly famous. I, I don't think we know that about him, but he was wildly famous. If he had Instagram, let me tell you something. He'd have way more followers than you. He'd have that little blue check in the corner. He's certified. He's a big deal. He was so big, in fact, look at what Jesus himself, who was God, let's not forget, look what Jesus said about John the Baptist. He goes, I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none are greater than John the Baptist. Imagine him saying that about you. Oh, gosh, yeah, I feel really good about myself. That's great. He goes, none are better. None are greater. John the Baptist, he's as good as it gets. And so when you're talking about a guy who has tremendous fame, notoriety, celebrity status, he's a great person to look at because he's going to help us navigate all of that. And the outside world had to understand our relationship with God when it comes to the things that we have. So Mark, one of the gospel writers, just kind of gets right into John's story. He just says this, look, and so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. Just kind of just says, he just appeared, preaching a baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Basically, John is out there in the desert, and he's preaching this message that, hey, you all are sinners. You got to get baptized and get ready because this guy named the Messiah, he's coming. You got to get ready for that. It goes on. It says, the whole Judean countryside. And all of the people of Jerusalem went out to him. This is one of those lines that you breeze right past. But look what it says. It says, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem. You know what that's letting us know? That literally thousands and thousands and thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of people, were out there watching John. Hanging on his every word. Listening to everything that he said. He was a big deal, huge, mega celebrity. That's who John the Baptist was. And he was so big that the spiritual leader said, we got to find out who this guy is. So it says this, it goes, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? Because you got like 10,000 people following you. They're liking all your stuff. You're, you're, you're preaching, you're baptizing. Who are you? And the question they're wondering but not asking is, is this guy the Messiah? Right? They didn't want to ask it. But John knew that's what they were getting at. So he goes, look, look, I'm not the Messiah. It's not me. And they ask, well, then who are you? Are you Elijah? Elijah is an Old Testament prophet that the Jews thought was going to come back to life or reappear. We don't need to get into that. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not. Well, are you the prophet? Finally, they said, well, who are you? What do you say about yourself? Ooh, John's time to shine. People are asking him, who are you? It's his chance to post 
about himself. It's his chance to brag. Who am I? I'm glad you asked. I got a title. I'm John the Baptist. Who am I? Look at, and I imagine he turns around and everybody goes wild. Who am I? I'm the best communicator there's ever been. I'm the best preacher there's ever been. I am a big time deal. I'm a celebrity. But look what he says. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. He just borrowed scripture. He goes, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. He goes, who am I? I'm just a, just a voice, just a, a sign. I'm, I'm just a marker. I understand that there's 10,000 people looking at me. I understand that I'm a big deal, but here's the deal. I just exist to point everybody away from myself and point them to Jesus. So the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. Okay, John's got cronies, people that love him, love what he's doing. Everything he posts online, they give it a like. Nice jacket, you look great. They want to be him, they envy him. They just love what he's doing. And he goes to them, and when he saw Jesus passing by, he goes, hey, guys, look, it's the Lamb of God. He says this to his entourage. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And they unfollow John. <laughs> and if you've ever been unfollowed, you know it's kind of like, ooh, what, what did I do? I thought, I thought we were cool. I thought everything was fine. Why, why, are you, why are you leaving me? What is happening? So these guys leave. And they come back the next day and they say, Rabbi, that man who was with you, like they, didn't, they forgot his name was Jesus. They go, that, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, um, how do I put this? He's baptizing. And everybody's going to him. Basically what they're saying is that, John, you are John the Baptist. This is the thing that you're known for. This is the thing that you're doing. But this guy over there now, the new kid on the, black, on the block, he's doing it. And all your followers, they're going to him. You're losing fame. You're losing influence. It's kind of like you had the Backstreet Boys and all of a sudden InSync came around and you're kind of like, who are the Backstreet Boys again? Okay, they're all biting off each other's style. These guys are looking at John and they're going, you're losing everybody. You're not as cool as you once were. You need to do something. You got to impress people. Maybe you should post a picture of your car. Maybe you should do baptism in a different way because you're losing all of your likes. You need to start getting people to look at you again. And then John says something fascinating. And I think if we could start to understand the implications of what he's saying, it will change your life, the way that you look at yourself and the way that you look at the world around you. So these guys are basically telling John, look, you've got to start bragging. You've got to start getting people to look at you again. And John looks at them, and he says this. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And I think his friends look at him and go, huh, what? He goes, let me repeat myself. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. He goes, boys, boys, boys. The fame, the fortune I had, the followers, all the influence, whatever you want to call it, it was just given to me. It was on loan from God. I didn't do anything. It, it, was, just, it was just handed over to me. It's not, it's not about me. He goes, and I told you this. My job is to point everybody away from me 
to Jesus. He goes, because he must become greater and I must become less. He's saying, boys, my life, your life, it's never about us. It's never about grasping onto fame, trying to find fortune and making every people see it. It's not about that. It's about pointing people away from us to Jesus. But what he's saying, guys, he goes, your lives, our lives, they need to spotlight the creator, not the creator. Everything we do, it's got to spotlight him, not us. And we're not used to this because we like the spotlight. We like to let everybody know about who we are and all of our accomplishments. Look at me. So this week I was talking to my dad about this message, and he, he told me a story about himself, and I asked him if I could share it with you guys. And he goes, yeah, go ahead, share it. So when he was about 30 years old, he, um, he was an attorney, and, and at about the age of 30, it became clear that he was probably going to be become a pretty good attorney. It looked like this is something that he was gifted in, and, and, and things were getting really good. And so he goes over to his parents' house, my grandparents' house, and, and he's sitting across the table from my grandmother, my grandfather, two old Italian people. My grandfather was a pastor. About 50 years he was a pastor. And as my dad is sitting across the table from my, his father, he's letting him know about all the cases and all the clients that he's got. And he's telling my grandfather, you know, I just won this big case. I just won that big case. I just landed this client. Dad, you don't even know what this means. Other firms have been dying to get this client. I got this client. And after every single thing my dad told my grandfather, my grandfather goes, thank God. Thank God. I won this case. Well, thank God. I got this client. Well, thank God. And when my dad got to the end of this whole thing, he looked at my grandfather and he goes, Dad, every time I tell you something, you look at me and you go, thank God. Don't I get any credit? I mean, I'm the one who landed the clients. I'm the one there in the courtrooms winning the cases. Don't I get any kind of credit? My grandfather pulled up his chair, looked at him and goes, let me ask you a question. If God didn't give you the intellect you had, could you graduate law school? Well, no. If God didn't give you the opportunities to get in front of those clients, could you have landed them? Well, I guess not. And if God didn't give you the talent that you have, could you win those cases? No. And they looked at him, and he goes, well, then thank God. And my dad goes, you know, I left the house that day feeling like one inch tall. He was like, I just felt like an idiot. He goes, but I learned an important lesson that day, that no matter what we do in this life, all the achievements, all the riches, whatever you think you've done, you need to understand that it's all from God. It's all been given to you. It's all on loan to you. And what John the Baptist is trying to tell his guys and trying to tell us, and what my grandfather was trying to get across, is that remember who it's from and what it's for. No matter what you've done in this life, whatever accomplishments you've got, whatever riches you've amassed, remember, it's all from God. It's all been given to you. It's nothing to brag about because it was never yours to begin with. And every chance you can, point away from yourself and go, thank God. Thank God. 
You know, we listen to John the Baptist, and, and we hear this, and you go, John, you're kind of setting the bar a little high. I, I, mean, I mean, we're learning from the guy that Jesus himself says was the greatest man that ever lived. It seems like we need to lower the bar just a little bit for us. Well, Jesus did say that John was the greatest man that ever lived. But I didn't finish the quote for you. So let me do that now. He goes, I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet, even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. You know what he's talking about? You? Jesus is saying, whoever you are, whatever's going on in your life, the life that I gave you, the opportunities that I gave you, the talents that I gave you, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that I gave you, you have the ability to point away from yourself and point to me in a way that John the Baptist never could. He's saying, you are greater than he, and you can do much in my name. So I'll just ask all of us this question. In this life, in our day-to-day, -day, are we seeking to be known, or are we helping others know Jesus? I, I mean, when we look at our lives and people ask us questions, do we just go, you know what? Just a voice. Just thank God. Yeah, I've been blessed. Thank God. Thank God. Or at every step of the way, do you promote yourself? Look at me. Hey, look at me. Watch what I'm doing. What's practical? It's your first week at DHC. Every single week we put this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and know exactly what to do when you leave. And so I want to be honest with you. When I ran this message with Christina on Friday, when I finished and I got to this point, she looked like she just went nine rounds, okay? And she was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to deactivate Facebook immediately. No, 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 don't do that. That is not the point of this kind of message, all right? That is not the point of what we're trying to do here. We're just trying to set a standard, okay, that we can get work from. So, so here is your practical as you move forward. Be mindful. Have fun on Facebook. Post pictures. Check in. Enjoy it. Have some fun, okay? Celebration on Facebook is good. Encouragement is good. Thankfulness is good. Connection and community, these are all good things. But as you're out there, as you're posting, as you're having fun, keep in the back of your mind this question. Why am I posting this really? Let me pray for us.